our culture, especially in America, is not wired to stop. Maybe on Sundays, but the benefits of it, this idea that God's given us this as a gift, a gift of rest, that it wasn't an entitlement, it was a gift. Welcome to A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. I'm your co-host, Carly Berna. And I'm Ezra Benjamin. We're a Jew and a Gentile who both believe in Jesus and believe that there's value in looking at history as well as today's world in the headlines through both a Jewish and a Christian lens. Just a heads up before we dive into our topic today, Carly, you know, A Jew and a Gentile Discuss is listener supported and we want to give you, our listeners, an opportunity at the end of this program to get more involved. So stay tuned for those details. Let's discuss. I feel like every episode I say I'm so excited about this topic, but this one is something... But this one. (laughs) But this one you should really tune into. This one's personal to me and I think also personal to you as I've heard you talk about it. So I I am really excited for us to talk about it uh, because it has such a personal application, but also really helps you understand the roots of your faith through a biblical lens. Uh, And if you already clicked on this, you know we're going to talk about Sabbath. So it's not like we're unveiling Mm -hmm. the topic to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But before I start, I just want to say that we did do an episode in the first season where we go through more of a theological debate about should Christians follow the Sabbath, what Mm -hmm. days, and we're not going to debate that today. So go listen to that podcast if you're interested in hearing us talk about those different perspectives from a Christian and Jewish perspective. Today, we're going to talk about more about what it says in the Bible, how we practice it now, how it's affecting our culture now. So stay tuned. Yeah, and how it's so different from maybe the way that the culture is going. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. Good. So what's the first instance in the Bible where rest or Sabbath, I guess I should say, is mentioned? It's You don't have to go far to find it. So in the Jewish scriptures, which become part of the entirety of the Old and New Testament, some people would call that the Christian scriptures, but I'm going to, as a Jewish believer, I'm going to call it the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? In the first chapter of the first book, Bereshit in Hebrew, which means in the beginning, It's from the first three words in the Bible, or Genesis, we call it in English. Near the end of the first chapter, we see this whole cycle of God creating, right? He speaks and there is, and then he speaks and there is, and he keeps saying it's good, it's good, it's good. In the case of, you know, creating man, he says it's it's very good, and then male and female. And he finishes creation, and then it says, and it was evening and morning, the sixth day, okay, so we're at the end of the sixth day, and that's an important concept here that we'll talk about in a minute, the idea, and it was evening and it was morning. So the Hebrew day or the Jewish day, the way Jewish communities around the world think about a day is from sunset to the following sunset. I think in certainly in a Western mindset, in an American mindset, we think, okay, the beginning of the day is either 12 o'clock a.m., right, the middle of the night, or the sun has risen, right? It's, the be- it's a new day. A new day is rising because the sun is up. And then the day is over when the sun sets or the next morning. But not so in uh, Jewish thought. Jewish thought says it starts at sunset and goes till the following sunset. So the Bible in Genesis 1 says, And it was evening and it was morning, the sixth day, and the heavens and the earth were finished and all creation. And then it says this funny thing. And I'm thinking of this, you know, popular Christian song. I love the song out there. It's, you know, Leland, I think, wrote it. And it's, you never stop, you never stop working, right? And we sing how God is a God who's always on the move, he's always working. But it says in Genesis 1, and God ceased from the work which he had done, and he called the seventh day, it says he sanctified the seventh day. Or in Hebrew, it's the idea, mikadesh, to make kadosh, to make holy. 
So in case you're ever on Jewish Jeopardy and you're listening today, what's the first thing in all creation that God calls holy? It's not man. It's not the temple in Jerusalem. It's not Moses. It's not the people of Israel. It's not the Ark of the Covenant. It's the actual day, the seventh day called the Shabbat. And Shabbat literally means ceasing. Uh, the related word in Hebrew is is Shevet, and it's this idea to dwell together. Like that verse I'm thinking of in Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together. It's this idea almost like to recline, to be at rest with one another. And that word in Hebrew, Shevet, Shabbat, is linked. It's this idea of being at rest or actually ceasing. And God says, this thing is holy. And, I, you know, we can kind of stop the record for a minute. Well, what does that mean? What is holy? Like, Holier than thou? No, the idea of holiness in Jewish thought is this thing is distinct from other things like it unto the purposes of God. So God himself says this thing, this piece of time, this seventh day in creation that then is repeated in our seven-day week is set apart from other things like it, meaning the other days of the week, the other six days, unto his purposes. This day belongs to him. And it's the first thing in all creation. So you mentioned the word Shabbat. You know, yeah. when people do go to practice or or, or Friday nights or right. whenever they do it, they say Shabbat Shalom. So they're saying what exactly? Peace to your ceasing? Yeah, they're saying, uh, in English you could say Sabbath peace to you, but it's understood in Jewish thought that, and this is an important distinction I think we can talk a little about. We talk about it on other episodes about this, but... Shabbat is literally this period of time from Friday night at sunset to Saturday night at sunset. Why? Because it's the seventh day of the Jewish week, the Jewish calendar week. And so it's calling this piece of time the Shabbat or the ceasing. And it's to say, in your ceasing, in your resting, in your observing the seventh day as set apart to God, may you find peace. So what is the word Sabbath? Is that a Hebrew word? Yeah, it, it's it's the English version of Shabbat. Like okay. you can flip the T I and the see. H and you've got it kind of, or, you I know, see. not exactly flip them, but anyway. Yeah. I obviously need more coffee. Yeah. I, I love, all the letters are in there somewhere. I love this idea that the Jewish day starts at evening. I know when I first found this out, to right. realize that the day starts with rest is just such mm -hmm. a flip from our culture because right. we we wake up and we work, we work, and then we get home and then we're exhausted and then we rest. Totally. But starting with rest, and I've heard the phrase working from rest, yeah. is a totally different way of thinking so about it countercultural. than the way that we do it in our everyday. Right. A good friend of mine, of both of ours, actually, they and their family celebrate Shabbat, and, you know, and they have kids who uh, are pre-teenagers and early teens right now, and they still, every Friday night, uh, they're Messianic Jews. They sit down at the table and they take a deep breath and they welcome in the Shabbat and they say, Lord, help us to work from rest rather than to work for rest. Yeah. And that's the idea, I think, really. Like if you look in history, where did things shift? And there's this guy named, whose last name is Heschel who wrote a book called The Sabbath. He was an Orthodox Jew. Uh, early 20th century. But he was processing the Industrial Revolution where all of a sudden it became easier to work a lot and be super productive. Yeah. And there was this drive that became ingrained into society of bigger, faster, better, more, more, more. And the idea that if people can work, they should work because it's productive, therefore it's good. And I need rest. Well, you better work before you've earned the rest. 
and Jewish thought, actually the idea for any of us, Jewish, Gentile, whatever, right? The idea of a Sabbath, of a ceasing is countercultural because it says, just like you said, the Hebrew day starts at sunset, it starts with rest. The Jewish week starts from rest. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm creating and being productive and generating value in my six days of labor. God says, like, it's actually a command to Israel. Six days you shall work and do all your labor. Like, okay, so there's this idea. We're, we should be doing something six days a week, right? Yeah. Um, we, we've been created in his image to be creative beings. We should be being creative, creating six days a week. But we're doing that starting out of a place of rest and refreshment, not strive, strive, strive to, to maybe get to the point where I've done enough to have earned my rest. Mm -hmm. So for you as a Jewish believer, which for those of us who've listened to your upbringing, more of a Christian upbringing than a heavily Jewish Yeah, for seasons of it, upbringing. right, even though I knew I was Jewish, yeah. right, the environment I was in. Did you practice Shabbat? You know, we, <laughs> this is a good Jewish answer. We did, and then we didn't, yeah. and then we did. Um, I, I would say, let me, let me kind of fast forward to being a young adult, right? Because when I was in a, a Messianic Jewish congregation as a kid, those services were Saturday mornings. And so ingrained into the rhythm of the week was this idea that we're worshiping God on, you know, in community mm -hmm. on Shabbat either a Friday night or a Saturday morning. Um, but the idea of actually resting and ceasing, that happened either Saturday or Sunday, depending on what the schedule allowed. Um, and then as a young adult, you know, I finished at school and immediately got a job that turned into a career and then, you know, came as a volunteer with Jewish Voice and loved what they were doing and became passionate about that and ran around the world as I still am sometimes, you know, uh, serving Jewish people and their neighbors through Jewish Voice. And I, could I say I was addicted to productivity? Maybe. I was certainly, it was such a part of my life that I would have been blind to its negative effects on me. Let me say it that way. Maybe that's like the textbook definition of addiction. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. This you, isn't a therapy all, session. Yeah, right in to accuse me another day. So, but, uh, but I was driven, driven, driven. And I sort of, I would say the uniqueness of Shabbat. So for me, Friday night, Saturday, you know, I'd get together with friends and have a meal, but I said, well, you know, I need to go to Target on Saturday because when else am I gonna do it? Or I need to do this in my house because, you know, this is the day I have and might as well do it now. And I started, you know, the, the, the need to check the boxes, the need to accomplish the to-do list, the need to do today what might not be able to get done tomorrow had encroached in my life and I was really almost burnt out. This is probably 2017. And one day, it was actually during Feast of Tabernacles, during Sukkot time on the Jewish calendar. It was a Shabbat. And I took this long trip and said, I want to get a hike in today. You know, and uh, this is kind of a tangent, like being in creation and enjoying God's creation, that can be a very Shabbat-y activity. shabbat -y is not a word, disclaimer. Uh, but that was good. But I drove like four hours to get there. And then I had to get back to get something else done before this store closed. And I stopped for a coffee, okay, in the Phoenix area where we live. And I remember praying, because I was reading Heschel's book at the time on the Sabbath, and I remember praying, Lord, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm burnt out. I just need a season of rest and refreshment. And immediately, I felt like the Lord showed me, I've given you an invitation to rest and refreshment every week. Why don't you start there before asking me for something more? And I was like, er, you know, like <laughs> it can feel, you know, like those hot, shamey tears that are really for our own good, like start to well up in my eyes. And I was like, oh no, I've been going my own way on the day God gifted us to go his way and be resting and refreshing. 
and thinking I could make more out of seven days in my own strength than he could help me make out of six days in his strength. And it was this moment for me, like it was a real turning point. And people, you know, when I tell that story, people go, oh, and it must have been so wonderful after that. No, it was not wonderful because I had to undo driving for seven days as a practice in my own life. It was like a mini like Ezra revolution. And that remains a challenge to this day. You know, we'll talk about smartphones and the like in a minute. But our culture, what I realized, Carly, is our culture, especially in America, is not wired to stop. Especially, like, maybe on Sundays, but on Saturdays, I mean, forget it, right? Saturday's the day when you mow your lawn and you do your thing and you get stuff done. Like, what do you mean cease? Uh, So it's been hard, but the benefits of it have been tremendous. And so just kind of re-engaging with this, this idea that God's given us this as a gift. The people of Israel are called to remember two things specifically, like we see it in the Bible. One is that God rested the seventh day and called it kadosh, called it holy. So uh, as those made in his image, obedient to him, we should also set apart that day. And then Jewish communities are also called to remember that in our history, we were slaves in Egypt and we had to work seven days a week for an evil man and his empire. And God brought us out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And he, he purchased our freedom. And so the second thing Jewish people remember every Friday night is God delivered us from slavery in Egypt and he gave us the gift of rest, that it wasn't an entitlement, it was a gift. And so one, it's holy, and two, it's a gift. How could we not receive it with Thanksgiving? How could we brush it aside? Yeah, it's interesting because I was obviously, we were raised in a Catholic home and sure. I really didn't know anything about Shabbat. Mm-hmm or Sabbath until I started working at Jewish Voice, I right. would say. You know, it's funny that you say, you know, Sunday can almost be a day of rest in our culture, but not really. Because even if you go to church, it's like you go to church, you go to the potluck, you do, you know, right. there's like it, it's all these things that you do. So I would say like maybe five years ago, as I was just learning more about it, I felt more challenged by it. And I took a year where I put, I tithed 10% of every day to the Lord, which was really difficult. If you think about 10% of your day, of your waking hours. And then practiced Shabbat, not on Friday night, but Sunday. Like turned off my phone, realized like we'll talk about in a minute, but had to run all those errands and everything on a different day so that I could really do none of those things on that day. It it takes preparation to to go into the rest. And then I realized, you know, how much time I was spent doing things. Yeah. And then when you get to the rest, like probably you can relate to, you're like, what do I do now? Like, it's not like, oh, rest. Yeah. It's like, okay, now now what do I do? Yeah. So two thoughts on that. The, what do I do with the rest? But this idea in, in Jewish culture, like we even see it in the New Testament, right? Um, kind of a sobering account, right? But Jesus dies on a Roman execution stake called a cross, right? And it says it was the day of preparation, so he had to hurry up and be buried. And we also see this idea in the Torah, like in Moses and you know the Israelites out in the wilderness, make a double portion for yourselves Friday on the sixth day because I don't want you having to work for sustenance on the Shabbat. Yeah. The idea is enjoy what is, don't create what is not. Mm-hmm. And so there's if, if you want to do a day of rest, a, a ceasing, a Shabbat, a Sabbath, whatever we want to call it, it does require planning. Like that's something my wife and I have realized. Like you can't just decide, you know, in our case, we do, as I said, Friday at dinner time till Saturday afternoon, evening. If we decide at 4 p.m. on a Friday afternoon, hey, I think we'll really engage with a Shabbat this week. Uh, it's going to be hard because we didn't plan it's to be rest. a McDonald's Shabbat. It might be. It, well, you know, 
Not sponsored. Chipotle, Chipotle. Let's have some culture, okay? (laughs) Anyway, no offense to McDonald's. Any of you, you know, listening who own stock in McDonald's, don't sue us. Okay, anyway. Uh, but this idea that it takes uh, it takes preparation to rest. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing you mentioned, totally resonating with that, the idea of what do I do now? And so this friend of mine who's actually in, in um, counseling for believers in Jesus said, sometimes the scariest part about intentional rest is we have to face the voids in our own soul, which God actually desires to heal and restore in seasons of rest. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to face those things, right? Like it's ugly to say, oh, there's something I don't like about myself or there's something about my life circumstances that I wish was different. And then to engage in that place of like ceasing the striving, ceasing the distractions. So that can be challenging. And I think rest can bring those times of sobering reflection. But I don't think that's all it is. I think it can also bring fantastic times of rejoicing in creation, recreation, right? Like I've heard somebody say, we cease creating and we recreate or recreation, right? Recreation. We're just rejoicing in the creation that is uh, and times of great community. And I think, you know, in, in churches or in synagogues or in Messianic Jewish congregations for Jewish believers in Jesus, our, our temptation is we take whatever day we're doing Shabbat or we're doing Sabbath, like you said, the Sunday potluck. And then after the potluck is the Bible study. And after the Bible study, we're getting together to have the elders meeting. And we can programmatize ourselves out of meaningful rest mm-hmm. in the name of whatever, in the name of keeping keeping our faith institutions going. And the question is, do we have to try to do all the program on the day that we're also trying to rest? Yeah. So, And anyway. I think for those listening who've never done this, um, you might be asking like, okay, well, what do I do on that day? And I think Ezra, you said to me once that it's about, is the thing that we're doing building our kingdom or building his kingdom when right. trying to think about a filter of sure. what should I do or not do on that sure. day? Like if someone's like, oh, this sounds great. Well, what do I do? So far, I know I have a really great meal on Friday night, but then what? Right, exactly. And I think, you know, we, we can look around and the Jewish community, the more observant you are, or might some might say, you know, orthodox or ultra-religious, the more fences have been built around this idea that's very clear in the word of God to Israel. It says, do no work on this day, mm-hmm. cease from your labor. And again, why is God just being, you know, uh, a hard case here and requiring something arbitrary? No, he's saying, I want you to remember that there was a time when you had no choice but to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who took you out of that situation. So I'm commanding you to remember me in the not working, in the same way that you were desperate for me in the working. Mm-hmm. And so the more religious Jewish communities have taken verses like the one that says, don't kindle a fire on the Shabbat. Well, what does that mean? It means I don't want you to start something that requires your attention and energy to have to keep going, right? That was that was the spirit of it because back in the day, you didn't just, you know, flip the switch and you have fire on your, you know, lovely gas fireplace in your living room. It was if you started a fire, somebody had to put wood in, got to make sure it doesn't spread, got to keep an eye on it. And God was saying, I don't want you to do that. One, because fire represented cooking. It represented, you know, blacksmith kind of work. It it was work related. It wasn't recreational like we know fire today. And two, it required attention to maintain. So in essence, you're, you're indenturing service to this thing that you start. Uh, and he's saying, don't do that. Now, the ultra-Orthodox communities have taken that to mean don't 
do anything that creates a spark, because spark is fire, so we don't press elevator buttons if we're ultra-religious Jewish people on the Shabbat. The elevators in Israel stop on every floor every Shabbat, which if you've ever been to Israel on a tour and you want to go from floor 11 down to the breakfast, you better allow about 28 minutes because <laughs> it's a pain. But the, what's the spirit of that? Or yeah. what, what were the rabbis trying to do? They're saying, let's not even get close to the idea of breaking this idea of don't kindle a fire. So mm -hmm. don't turn on your car. Don't flip a light switch. Uh, make sure you set the heat ahead of time so you don't have to turn it on. Like it became very heavy. But uh, I think the question for us who aren't necessarily looking to the rabbis for what we do and don't do, whether we're Jewish or not Jewish, is what are some filters or some pre-decisions we can put in place to honor this idea of not getting ourselves into a situation where we become enslaved to a form of work mm -hmm. on a day that's supposed to be for rest. So maybe that means not buying things. Maybe it means, like you said, you know, like you said that I said, am I, you know, asking myself, is the thing that I'm about to do you know, well, I just want to go out and, you know, paint the paint the shingles today on the house or paint the, what do you call them? Shutters, not shingles. Paint the shutters. If you're painting your shingles, you need help. <laughs> paint the shutters on the house. We live in the desert, okay? Yeah. So everything's stucco and there's no shutters to be found. But, you know, anyway, I'm going to do this yard work today because I want my house to look nice. Okay, is this building Ezra's kingdom or is it building the Lord's kingdom? Is it rejoicing in what is or trying to make something that's not? So... I don't know. Do you have other principles in your own trying to keep a keep a Sabbath that you've found helpful? Yeah, I think it would be different for everyone. I mean, I'll start with uh, I don't actually do this, but I know it's something that you practice and mm -hmm. others do is really just the idea of setting apart. So like set apart that meal, you yeah. know, like buy flowers, make bring out the nice uh, placemats and plates and whatever. Have a, a food that you don't often have that right. maybe takes some preparation. I. You and I were talking to a friend of ours a couple months ago, and he was saying on Fridays he was going to do pizza night with his mm -hmm, family mm -hmm. to to start introducing this concept of Sabbath. Right. But it was going to be a specific thing that they kind of do together. So what, what would it look like to set that apart and make it really special? That I think starting with that, but then also mm -hmm. – um, I've, I've read a bunch of books on Sabbath. Um, one that I recently read is called Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest by Ruth Haley Barton, who's written a lot of books on spiritual rhythms. Mm -hmm. um, and she has some great filters to go through to think about what would that those things be for you that would bring you joy, that aren't uh, producing work, because that might look different for everyone. Like I might really enjoy a hike and to someone else that definitely does not feel like yeah, rest. Yeah, that is not recreation. <laughs> that is mild torture. Yeah. Like, thank you. No, no, I'd enjoy the hike too, but yeah. I get you. It's going to be different for different people. But yeah. Heschel in his book, The Sabbath, said, you know, men throughout history have tried to create palaces in space, meaning like out of out of tangible things, right? In physical locations, a palace of worship to the Lord. Even Israel, like, and God specified, this is the house I want you to build for me. Here's what it's going to look like. Here's what can be in it. Here's what will not be in it because yeah. uh, it's going to draw your attention away from me. And so he said, we need to think about the Sabbath or the Shabbat not as a palace in in tangible space, but as a palace for the Lord in time. In essence, like this 24-hour period, for me, for the Jewish community, it's Friday night to Saturday night. For others listening, it may be a different period of time. But if we're going to do this, how do I actually construct a beautiful house of worship out of the time of a Sabbath that the Lord and I can dwell in together? Mm -hmm. What's going to keep my attention on Him 
and on the things he's created that I can glorify him for. And it's a cool idea, right? A palace in time. Like you can't, you can't touch it, but you can exist within it. And I know it can be more complicated for those who have families and kids and events on the weekend. You know, how do you implement that? Um, Something you and I have been talking about is that this is so opposite of our culture. Like nobody stops. Everyone's going and going. I know we both read the book a couple of years ago, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And it's just this idea that we're just constantly hurrying. We both are very fast paced. And so ceasing is the opposite of our culture. Right, right. And his idea, we'll give him the credit here, right? The whole premise was take my yoke upon you, Jesus said, Yeshua said, because it's easy and it's light. And so Comer's saying, I'm going to learn from my rabbi, who happens to be Jesus, what a lifestyle is that's going to bring me joy and rest and abundant and is going to feel light and not overburdeningly heavy. And he, he and his family, as far as I know, they have no Jewish background, but they embraced the idea of a Shabbat. Yeah. Like they actually do it the same way Jewish communities do, Friday night to Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he mentions that I feel like, and I'm, I'm, you all now can hold me accountable for it, but I'll say it on the podcast. I'll take a big step here. I feel like the next step for me and for my uh, family in in kind of engaging with the Shabbat is to leave the single thing that if I was a betting man, I would bet is within reach of almost every one of our listeners at this very moment that is the vehicle by which we are expected not to cease and to be constantly available. And it's the phone, mm-hmm. right? To actually like, what would happen? Would the world literally crack it's in its foundation, like magma would spew everywhere and life would cease to exist if I put my phone away yeah. and told the, my friends and family, you might want to get to me, hey, call me tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Like what, what would happen and could that actually, as much as it would create a void, actually be an avenue to creating the space, the palace in time, to realize that there's more to the world God has made and allowed me to live in than the thing I can hold six inches from my face most of the week. Yeah, that's that's why we, we named this podcast Sabbath as a Cultural Revolution because right. it's totally opposite of what we're experiencing in our culture. Totally. Um, I, I practice and have for a couple of years like a digital Sabbath, turning off any electronics on Sundays. And at first it's very difficult. It's like I want to check the time all the time and like do I have a notification? But by the end I like totally forget that I even have my phone and like I need to turn it back on. Right. And so I think the question for all of us in terms of application as we're wrapping up here is, is there anything that the cadence of our life and the demands of it make us a slave to at least for six days a week, if not seven? And is it possible that some rhythm of a Sabbath or Shabbat could help us unenslave ourselves from that thing. So like one of the things for me is a to-do list. I'm an achiever, that's my, that's my personality type, like high A, high type A, you know, strengths finder says I'm an achiever and I love it, like I love being productive. But what that can mean for me is that there's literally lists with check boxes next to them that are never fully completed. And at the end of the day, I have to remember that I actually belong to the Lord, not to my to-do list. Mm -hmm. To-do list is important. Like it's part of how I measure my productivity, but God is not measuring my value, nor is my family for that matter, based on the number of boxes on that list that are checked. Mm -hmm. So putting away the to-do lists once a week maybe will help me remember the other six days that I don't belong to them. I'm stewarding them, but I'm not enslaved to them. So what's the... What's that thing for you who are listening? What's the thing that 
maybe a week of ceasing from that thing, oh, excuse me, a day, a week of ceasing from that thing would help us remember that we don't belong to it the rest of the time. Yeah, and we often say on the podcast, it's an invitation, not an obligation. So if you're listening, it's something you're invited to. And like Ezra said, it's a gift from God. But if this seems overwhelming, I would say start small. Like, can you for a few hours rest before you just say, I think I'm going to take 24 hours and rest because that might seem like way too much. And then see what happens during that time and extend it and try to find those things that are in the way between you and the Lord. So a totally originally... Well, originally God of creation concept spelled out more specifically and actually required of the children of Israel because our deliverance from slavery to work was so dramatic that God said, you you can never forget this and I want you to remember it once a week. But beyond a requirement, a commandment for the Jewish people, it is an invitation to blessing. And then for all who are believers in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, uh, it's certainly an invitation to blessing. And, uh, you know, it... The Lord wants to bless us. He wants us to live lives that don't feel heavy and overburdensome, but that uh, feel like a yoke that's easy and a burden that's light. And so I would say Shabbat, the Sabbath, is a great on-ramp to all of us experiencing more of that. Is it going to be hard in a culture of do, 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 don't stop, always be available? It totally will, but maybe people will see the fruit in your life as you experience that, and they'll start doing it with you. Because at the end of the day, we all need it, even if we don't realize we do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And like I mentioned at the beginning, if you have questions now about, well, what about is it Saturday? What about is it Sunday? Go back and listen to the other podcasts where we do talk about what the Bible says, what the commandments say, about if we should follow what the days are. And hopefully that helps answer some of your questions. If you benefited from what you heard today and you feel others could benefit from hearing it too, we want to ask you to get involved and become a supporter. $50 gets this and other important messages out to a broader audience and gets life-saving medical care to one additional underserved Jewish person living far outside the land of Israel. As a thank you, we'll send you a bag of fresh roasted Ethiopian beans from our own Lost Tribes Coffee Company. These delicious beans are responsible for both the speed and intensity with which Ezra expresses himself on this podcast. Totally true, Carly. And if you're not ready to become a supporter today, just let us know that you listen by entering and giving a little bit of information. You'll be entered in a drawing to win a free bag of that Lost Tribes Coffee Company coffee. You can go to our website at jewandagentilediscuss.org or click in the show notes for more information. And if you want to hear more episodes, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast content. And we'd also love if you leave us a review and share this podcast with someone you know. You can also follow us on social media at the handle A Jew and A Gentile Discuss. And if there's anything you want us to discuss or have us answer, please submit your questions at our website, A Jew and A Gentile Discuss.org. This is Carly and Ezra. Thanks for listening to A Jew and A Gentile Discuss. Join us next week for another episode. The show is a production of Jewish Voice Ministries International.